This Can Do Podcast is brought to you by Blake Albina Thoroughbred Services. Blake Albina is a full-service bloodstock agency and consignment company representing clients at every major horse sale in the country. For more information, call Ron Blake at 859-396-4836 or Hunsley Albina at 859-621-0800. Whether an experienced owner or a newcomer to the game, Blake Albina has the knowledge and experience to help you achieve your goals in the thoroughbred industry. I got the horse right here. The name is Paul Revere. And here's a guy that says if the web is clear. This is Bill Duncliffe. I want to welcome you back to Can Do, the podcast about all things horse racing. Some history, some handicapping, and some humor. We were very gratified here at the Can Do Horse Racing Podcast by the reactions we received to our two-part Memories of Longacre segments in Season 2. We heard from a lot of different people on social media about their memories of Longacres. We thought we would share some more of them here with you. Dave Sangara reached out with some great stories about his trips down from Vancouver to Longacres, trips marked by some mischief and some fun, and memorable performances by horses like Canadian stalwart Traveling Victor. So Dave Sangara reached out to me uh, via Twitter and mentioned that he had some great memories of Long Acres as well. And Dave, I want to thank you for doing that, first of all, um, and second of all, for agreeing to come on the follow-up podcast and talk about it. Um, tell us, if you don't mind, Dave, how, how you got to know Long Acres and what your memories are of it. Right. Um, well, I... Uh... In grade seven, I did a science fair project on horses, racehorses. I don't know how that, what that's got to do with science, but <laughs> I ended up uh, ended up winning twenty dollars on the science fair project. And my uncle had a horse running at Long Acres, and that was let's see, it must have been nineteen seventy probably, and it was called uh, Apply. And anyways, I went down with another uncle. Long story short, the horse came second. I bet it to win. That twenty dollars oh. I won on the science fair. So that's how I was introduced to Long Acres. <laughs> <laughs> and the horse that beat my uncle's horse, I still remember to this day, was called Ma Petite Juliet. <laughs> but anyways, that's how we ended up very very first trip at Long Acres and then subsequent trips after that were just friends and family and uh so on. And it was a big part. We would incorporate a baseball game or a football game, whatever was happening down in Seattle and then and then a couple of days at the races and on holidays, American holidays, we celebrated all American holidays in Long Acres. It was a lot of fun. Well, I suppose, Dave, there's two ways people get introduced to horse racing or become lifelong fans, right? One is cashing a big ticket their first time. I suppose the second way is, you know, losing a tough beat and saying to yourself, I can come back. I, I can beat this, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, actually, our family was involved in horse racing up here in Hastings Park ever since. I, I was going to the races at Hastings before I could walk. Oh, wow. And okay. uh, my uncles had horses up here. And later in life, we had a couple of horses, three or four horses on, you know, nothing nothing special. It was called Exhibition Park in those days, and then it changed to Hastings Park. Um, so that's how we kind of really got introduced to it. But Long Acres in particular was at 1970. And then I haven't missed a mile at Long Acres since 1978. Oh, my. Wow. Wow. Oh, except when they went to, they went to Eastern Washington for two or three years. Before, right. Before right. Long Acres was, uh, Emerald Downs was built. I didn't go to Eastern Washington. But I haven't missed a mile yet. 
So you saw you saw some great performances then over the years. Uh, Trooper oh, Seven, gosh, yeah, uh, yeah. Pass. yeah, yeah, and Shuruk Pass stretched out right from a five and a half sprinter to a to a two turn miler for that one, right? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, we saw some really great races there. For us, it was a big deal because some of the big names would come up from California, and you know we didn't get a chance to go down there all that much and. You'd hear that, you know, somebody would come up, uh, Pat Day or Eddie Dalhousie, or somebody was coming up to Long Acres. You went, oh yeah, we've got to go down for the mile, or and um, and watch the what watch the big race. I got to meet the highlight. One of the highlights was I got to meet Jack Van Berg one day, being the backstretch. So that was kind of cool. He had a horse running there called He Rat. I can't remember the year. One of our relatives had a horse called Bedside Promise. He was running in the mile, and we went and to the backstretch and met the groom and he kind of introduced us Jack Van Berg. He gave us a Jack Van Berg cap that I kept for at least 25 years. I don't know where it is now, but um, yeah, so that was a big highlight meeting Jack Van Berg and his hands were massive. You know, I just I still really? remember that. Yeah. Nice man. Said hello to everybody. I suppose having those big hands helped him handle the horses, right? I mean, you got to have a, yeah. you got to have a nice touch, right? Yeah, he was a horse guy. That's for sure. He was a, had a really horse thing going on there. But yeah, no, Long Acres was a really special place back in the day. And and I'm just, I don't, you know, I'm just a fan. I can imagine all the people that spend all their time in the backstretch there. It was real sad. Um, I was there for the last closing day. Uh, Gary Stevens came up to ride the last race. Um, Henson, the announcer, didn't call the last race. He just it was silent, and the, all you could hear was the hoofs of the horses. And then Gary. Came down the stretch. I'll never forget. He was on the ten horse. I won my last bet at Long Acres. I lost my first bet, but I won my last bet. And uh, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> he, he was on the he was on the ten horse, and he was coming down the home stretch there. And he kind of looked at the stands, he looked at the crowd, and kind of gave a wave. And it was oh. pretty very very special moment there. Yeah. Well, I, and, cool. and Gary won the last race, right? I mean, he won that last race. That's right. He won that last race, the very last race. Along, and, you know, that's where he cut his teeth, so to speak, I guess, and then moved on to Ananita, or to Southern California tracks there. So. Well, I think uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. based on some of the comments he made, I know when the closing was announced, I think he was he was probably going to win that race. That last one, come hell or high water, right? He was not happy about <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> yeah, I think so, for sure. But uh, yeah, it had some really neat Nixon, uh, Nixon, what do you call it, uh, Nixon little bars and little areas around the track that you could hit and meet people and see people. And, and we were from Vancouver, but we would go down oh, at least twice, twice a month, sometimes three times a month. And um, it's only an hour and a half once we crossed the border to to uh, Emerald to Long Acres in those days. It was in Renton, and um, it's just south of Seattle. I'm sure everybody knows that, but. Um, and then I tell you, when we were younger, even we'd go leave Friday night Vancouver, and we'd obviously partake in a little bit of social activity Friday night in Seattle. And we'd go, well, it's three in the morning. Why don't we just sleep in the backstretch and we'd just save on our buck for a buck? And we had more money to bet with, right? Roll and then the we'd room. go into the. <laughs> <laughs> and when we go into the backstretch uh, coffee and the coffee shop there, and, and we'd, we'd brush our teeth and have breakfast and hang out with the horse people, and we thought that we were in heaven. You know? Oh, that's great. That's great. You yeah. really roll up the racing form for a pillow, I guess. And Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we didn't really need a pillow because we had enough antifreeze in us there to keep us sleeping <laughs> through the night. And, uh, that's great. A lot of fun, uh, for sure. I wonder, were, were Joe Steiner's parents running the track kitchen back then that you used to uh, clean up in? The they morning? were, yeah. Yeah, they were. 
They still run it down at Emerald too, the quarter shoot. Uh, yeah, cafe. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got I've got these two massive posters, sort of like a metal type posters that I I'm going to give to the Emerald Downs people down there. I've, I've been lugging them around with me for the last thirty years around Vancouver, from place to place, sort of thing. When I move and stuff, and I said, you know what? I'm going to donate these to them. They uh, they were they. They used to be when there was a maybe opening day or a mile day or something. The great thing, these great big posters at the Doubletree Hotel, one was called. And I forget the other one. And I'm going to be honest, we kind of borrowed them permanently from the hotel lobby. <laughs> I was going to ask that question, but thanks for clearing that up. Yeah. <laughs> and I've still got them, and they're in good shape. So uh, if anybody out there hears that, I'll, uh, this year I'll donate them when I go down to Emerald Downs to the Backstretch Cafe there. Yeah, no, I'll be honest. We had uh, we had a couple of uh, Miller Lightning in us by that time, I think, and then we we all we all good idea. We all have our escapades, Dave. There's no, <laughs> and then we, but then we got them across the border too. I don't know how we explain that because we had to come across back to Vancouver, right? And we said, well, it was a gift." <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. <laughs> yeah. So those kind of memories there. I mean, that's just you know scratching the surface sort of thing. And then uh, traveling, Victor won the mile one year. And uh, I don't know if you remember that name of that horse or not, but he was a local horse from Vancouver. And Chris Loseth was a jockey. Yeah. And it was mile day. And uh, there were, half the stands was full of Canadians that day on mile day. Everybody went down from Vancouver. And we pooled all our money together and we put it all on the win bet on Traveling Victor. And everybody was jumping up and down that was Canadian at the races that day. <laughs> that was another big Big, 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 big memory of that one, too, Traveling Victor. And then he ran the next year, but he didn't do that well the next year. And my cousin, actually, his horse actually ran in the mile. He actually won. His dad had a horse called Mr. Prime Minister that ran. It wasn't the mile, but it ran, it ran down there. And then uh, my cousin, his horse won. It was called um, Bud Royale. Oh sure, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he won the Breeders. He ran in the Breeders' Cup at Gulfstream as well, and he came. I think he came sec. He came second one year in the mile, then one year or third, and then the next year he actually won the mile. Wow, that's fantastic! So that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Dave, you mentioned Hastings Park as well, and that is still actually a circuit, you know, with uh, Emerald, right? You see a lot of Hastings horses end up at at Emerald, particularly I think on Mile Day. Yeah, they would try to they try to aim down there every year for a horse that can compete in the mile uh, down at Emerald. Um, there's only two days of racing up at in Vancouver. Well, sometimes three in the summer, I think. But it, it's, it's less and less now. They, um, yeah, the, the the population of the horses has gone quite a bit lower in the last few years, and so it's kind of hard for the racing industry people, you know, people in the backstretch, et cetera, et cetera, to make a living sometimes up here right now, but they're struggling through it. And hopefully it gets a little bit better with uh, bigger, uh, bigger fields and so on. But um, I think there's another racetrack being built out in Alberta that might take some business away from Hastings Park as well. That's right. And I forget the name of it. Edmonton, I think. Yeah. Century. Century, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. Mile. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. At the casino racetrack, and I think that might hurt. I mean, some of the people might add up that way for work. And I don't know. We'll see. It's uh, but the Hastings Park has really promoted the uh, the racing here, and you're getting a different crowd out now. We're getting young people 
like for lack of a better word, millennials, and they're not really horse people or you know racetrack people, but they just enjoy the party and the and the social part of it, and they might bet two bucks here and four bucks there, but um, and they in certain days uh, you can't get into that track because all the young kids are there and they have like a kind of a, a fashion day and this and that, and so the, the the people are kind of young people, but they're not racing people, so they they might come out twice a year, you know, and then that's it. And um, but the atmosphere has changed. That Hastings has gotten better, definitely, with the promotion of these things. Well, you know, it's it's uh, one thing about young people, the millennials. I think they do like to gamble. So if we can educate them in the sport, maybe you know, if if they're coming out anyway, maybe we can capture them and make them you know lifetime fans. Because as you know, it's 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 just listening to your memories. Right? It's a great sport, it, and it, it's nothing but great memories that we have, and 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 great memories to look forward to. Yeah, I was lucky enough to go to Kentucky in 2015 to the Breeders' Cup there at Lexington at Kingland. What a place that was. That was a beautiful place for a horse season person from the West Coast to go there. Uh, and the bucket list is uh, Saratoga. I need to spend a summer there for sure. I haven't done that. I've been to Delmar, of course, but, uh, you know, you read everything online and everything's talking, everybody's talking about Saratoga. So well, that's we'll my get out there one summer. That's my main haunt, Dave. So you need to let me okay. know when you're going to be there, and I'll I'll, uh, I'll buy you a complimentary uh, beer. All right. <laughs> Sounds like a plan to me. Yeah. All right. That's worth the trip across the country, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely want to spend a couple of weeks in Saratoga in the summertime. You should. It's it's a great place. Uh, you know, and the racing is outstanding every day, as you know. It's just you know high quality, um, and it's a very um, so you've, you've been to Keeneland. I would say that Saratoga is like Keeneland, but more of a country fair environment. So, you know, you get the, okay. the high quality racing and the, and the, you know, the society people, but also it's very down to earth. It's, it's by far my favorite place to go to. Yeah, no, we see all the, all the stuff online on Facebook and Twitter of these little, little haunts. People go for drinks and dinner and it sounds perfect. Actually, the kind of reminds me of what Long Acres might have been way back in the day where we'd have our little places to go for dinner and, uh, and stuff like that and drinks and things. Yeah. No, it sounds like actually, it's, it's great to hear all the different people's memories people have of Long Acres, honestly. I, uh, are you um, are you from Washington, or is it just an interest in Long Acres? I'm not. It was just an interest in Long Acres. Uh, I, I, oh, okay. I, I had a client uh, in Portland, Oregon, uh, and he mentioned to me that his family, who turned out to be the Alhadafs, was involved in you know Long Acres, and he had worked there for a while. And this was probably three or four years before I did the podcast, started the podcast. Um but when we started talking about the podcast, it was one of the places I thought of because I had heard so many people talk so fondly about it. So um, I reached out to Harley, and it turned out his cousin had made a film about the track. And I reached out yeah, to I've seen it. yeah, yeah. So you you know, I reached out to Vince Brune, and uh, I I had met Joe Steiner. So it all just kind of came together. It was pretty. It was pretty cool, actually. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, I every time people brought it up, they talked about it in a way that. They didn't talk about any other closed racetrack. Let's put it that way. You know, there was just something yeah, special about yeah. it for sure. It, well, I, I we play golf down in that area still every year. We go and play golf, and and I'll uh, take my nephews and I'll go. This is where Uncle Dave spent a lot of happy times, and you see the ruins of the track. Kind of make out where the stretch was, the stretch run was, and the grandstand. But it's all overgrown now for sure. But uh, yeah, even when I come up there, it's it's funny, and you, know, you drive up to the area there, and just just the whole 
memory stuff comes flashing back, flashing back to you, and it's like, wow, we had so much fun here. <laughs> Kenny Levine also reached out. Kenny is now a horse owner in the area, but at the time of Long Acres, he was a better more than an owner. But like everyone else, he had a special fondness for the Renton track. So, so Kenny, you reached out after you heard the Long Acres uh, episode that we ran, the two Long Acres episode that we ran, and and what you know. Tell me about your relationship with the track, if you don't mind, and, and, and you know, sure. what it means to you. Well, Long Acres, I, you know, I grew up in, uh, I, you sound like you're from the East Coast. I am. I'm, yeah, I'm from, I'm from the Boston area. Yep. Well, you know, I, um, I grew up in uh, Rainier Valley, which is, you know, just, just north of where Long Acres is. Long Acres was in a town called Renton, Washington, and it's basically you know, one could argue that it's actually part of South Rainier Valley. And so I'm about a 20, 20 minute drive uh, from there. And, um, um, you know, I, uh, when I was a little kid, I, you know, I watched horse racing on TV and I became aware of Long Acres and, and, you know, I was a little kid, probably five, six, seven years old. And, you know, they used to have a rule at Long Acres um, that children under 10 were not permitted, even, even with, even with parents. And so I, I knew about that rule and my dad was kind of a stickler about that kind of thing. And cause I kept asking him to go take me out to Long Acres State, that's Long Acres State. And he knew a lot of people involved in the racing business. Not, he wasn't a horse racing guy per se at all, but he knew a lot of owners and people. He, he my dad knew a lot of people. And so and he actually, my dad used to be on the radio in the forties with Moriel Hatter. Oh, wow. Was, okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So of course he ran the track for many years after uh, Joe Gottstein passed away, and then you know Maury's sons unfortunately it took over. But um, that's a whole other story. So finally, I got my dad to take me out when I was ten years old, and um, you know I I can even remember the first time we went out. I can even remember the I can remember I'm, I'm sixty one years old, and I can remember the the, the first horse I bet on. Um, his name was a horse named Smooth Line, and he was 99 to 1, <laughs> and he ran like <laughs> And I can still see him on the far turn running dead last, uh, saving ground on the rail. So, um, you know, so um, at, at that point, anyway, I was I was just hooked. And, um, you know, I spent uh, quite a bit of time trying to get my dad to take me out, and he would take me out. And and uh, the first Long Acres mile that I saw was in 1972, and a horse named with a horse named Red Wind uh, won the Long Acres mile. And he was owned, and a guy in he was I remember he was owned by Metropole Stable. I can't remember. I know there was a guy in that stable who my dad knew, but he made a bet on the horse and he won. In fact, I've got a picture of uh, you know the crowd that day. Uh, just and it's just for that mile, and it's just uh, you know it's just jam packed. I mean, they had about twenty four, twenty five thousand people out there, which is for that track was you know uh, really jam packed. So um, and so you know I just uh, I just was hooked, and you know I started you know betting myself when I could uh, underage, uh, you know, and I think I made that first bet on my own when I was probably fourteen or fifteen. I don't think anybody ever turned me away and <laughs> windows and, um, um, uh, 
course, I mean, you had to bet with a teller then, of course, or a clerk, because it didn't have any machines, of course. And um, so, you know, I uh, I just became hooked on it, and it was, you know, sort of like my home away from home. Um, and, you know, Long Acres itself, you know, I think maybe Long Acres was sort of an unusually set up track in a way. I mean, not unusually set up, but I think there was something very um, colloquial about it. You know, it was kind of a sprawling um, facility. Um, I think, I can't remember when, I think in the 70s at some point, um, they put in uh, an area on the far turn called, they called the gazebo. And um, we'll call it that way because there was a gazebo there. And I, you know, and it added, you know, it kind of added this additional area of the track. And it was just, it was just set up, you know, it was just sort of an unusual setup. And it was a very beautiful, beautiful racetrack right on the, right on, you know, right sort of at the foot of Mount Rainier. But Emerald Downs is actually closer to Mount Rainier because it's south of where Long Acres was. So, um, you know, it was just in the grounds at Long Acres were just pristine and beautiful and, you know, everything was green and flowers everywhere. And you had the mountain in the background on a, you know, on a sunny day. And it was just, you know, it was just a, a very, very beautiful place. In fact, um, you know, when the uh, PA guy would come, when the track announcer would come on, you know, it was always, you know, welcome to beautiful Long Acres. And so, so I think you know that had a had a lot to do with it, and um, you know even even there are always stories about you know um, people in, 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 in Joe Godstein knew people in Hollywood, and and people would come up, and because you know there was a there was a famous uh, house right behind the tote board where Luella Godstein, Joe Godstein's uh, wife, lived, and. You know, there were stories about I don't know Frank Sinatra, the Brat Pack back there playing, you know, playing golf behind the tote board, and you know, Luella every day was her custom. She would, um, I don't know if this is after Joe passed away or what, but she would um, get into her Cadillac and drive from the house behind the tote board over to the turf club across the. <laughs> across the um, you know, across the track. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. So, oh, wow. That, that was her tradition. So, um, yeah, and unfortunately, um, Kenny Alhadeff and his brother, um, I think they were just, you know, just like so many things, but even back then, it's been over 25 years now, and, you know, the land, the value of the land started outstripping the value of the business, and I think they were kind of waiting for Luella to... Uh, Pass away before they decide to sell the land, and so, um, so it was really, yeah. And it was, um, you know, and there was a, there was a. I've always understood, and I believe, and I have it on pretty good authority that a group of horsemen, you know, were willing to match Boeing because Boeing bought, bought the property, and were willing to match Boeing's offer. And the Hollis just didn't want to do it. It was kind of an ego thing. It was sort of like this is you know been in our family. It's either our families or nobody's, you know. So so you know I'm not a many I'm not and many people in the industry are not a fan of the Alhadas. But you know time's gone on and the industry has a lot more problems now than it did then. That's for sure. 
Well, I think, uh, Kenny, you touched on and uh, one of the guests on the podcast talked about, too, that, that you know, the bitterness kind of lingers on about the al Adams. I think just because the place was so, uh, you know, you touched on it, too, how how warm and welcoming, I guess, it was, you know, with the mountains in the background, the flowers, the, the gazebo. Um, it really, I, I think, kind of drew people in because the setting was very comfortable and, and, and welcoming, yeah. right? And if you see pictures of it, you know, there's these sign- I was all thinking, there's signature poplar trees around, right, right. around it too. So it just it, it had a real, um, you know, it, it, the, the the track had a real presence about it. It's more than just you know the fact that you got horse racing there. There's something about the setting that really, you know, set 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 long acres apart as as for me Santa needed it. Yeah, you know, I think that's that's an interesting point. I think you touched on something that's important. Um, to me, the the most impressive tracks I've been to when I think about it are the ones that have a a setting or or, or presence. Like you know, I I love going to Saratoga and it has a presence, but Belmont to me that has a real that has a real presence to it. You know, um, Belmont, Keeneland, Santa Anita, those places are unique. I think in terms of their setting, um, and 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 yeah, Long Acres, uh, I, that, that definitely comes across very clearly. Uh, that it had that, and I, and I also get the impression, Kenny, that it was you know I think you kind of touched on it a little bit is it really was a community track too. I mean, you would see kind of the same people over and over as well, right? Yeah. Oh, yes, very, very much so. Um, yeah. I mean, I at that time I was not you know now I've I've owned horses um, at since you know out, out at Emerald Downs and run at some other places, but back then I did not I did not have yeah, owning horses. I, I was not someone who was you know, you know, on the backside much, although I, I backside, you know, that, that, that's something that I have had the fortune of being able to do much more in the last 15, 16 years than when, than when Long Acres was open. But certainly, you know, um, Long Acres, yeah, I mean, when I was growing up and I was going out there, I mean, we all had our groups that would come out there. We had a group that my friends, you know, we always would meet at the at the southernmost um, the southernmost TV monitor underneath, and was where we would meet. And because we were from the south end of Seattle, so it was kind of like the south end people meet over <laughs> at under the. That's TV great. Monitor. So um, you know, and certainly, and yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things that's always been a little bit unusual, I think, about Washington racing is um, that. Horses, I mean, you know, horses, you know, they they had to meet, they had to meet at Long Acres, and it usually it, it ran, you know, pretty much from you know April or May to September, kind of like Emerald Down, and um, you know, sometimes horses would go out and they would ship out, you know, to, to down to Northern California or once in a while Southern California and other places, but oftentimes, and, and of course there was Portland Meadows, but but Long Acres always had way better horses than over at Portland. And so a lot of times horses, the the owners and trainers would just turn out the horses oh, um, at the end of the day. Sure. And then so they would come back until they would they would just be turned out until February when training would open, which is the way it is Emerald Downs. And so you'd have an unusual situation where the track would open the first couple of weeks, you know, horses would not you know, they would not all you have is their works. 
and um, and, and nothing else, no recent form. And right. so, you know, and so the races would, would you, and it's still this way. In fact, it may be even more this way. Races were, are always very short. It's very tough to find a route race, you know, early on, which I've always thought is wrong because, you know, to me, if you're trying to get horses up here, you mean there's horses who don't want to run five or five and a half furlongs. So the first couple of weeks, you'll see nothing but, I mean, about six furlongs, about the longest race you'll see. And um, so then that's because these horses aren't, aren't, you know, they're not fit yet. Not so, um, so that's another unusual part of Washington racing. And so Long Acres was kind of like a, you know, Seattle is stuck in the Northwest corner of the country and um you know it, it's always nowadays it's a real challenge to get you know horses there enough horses are just like there's everywhere but we're pretty isolated and now there's nothing you know, i mean there's nothing really portland's just shut you know they announced portland was right down yeah i saw and that so basically all they have is just um you know uh now you have emerald downs and hastings really and back back then of course there were you know, Couple tracks in Eastern Washington. They were Playfair and Big and uh, Yakima. Um, Playfair would open usually, I think, in the I think in the late summer. And Yakima Meadows, well, Long Acres was still going on. Yakima Meadows would always close right before Long Acres started. It would be open for a month or two in the spring. So, um, but um, but basically, you know, they're really, you know, uh, again, the, again, the the at Playfair and Yakima Meadows and Portland, those Long Acres always had Long Acres was always the best track in, in the region. So it, it, while you had while those horses could come to Long Acres to run and they would be um, you know at the very at lower low level claiming races, um, you know, there's a lot of horses that just wouldn't get anywhere near those tracks. And so if they didn't want to ship, you know, to California, then um, they just get they just get turned out. So you'd always tell us Kind of horses that were, you know, just um, you kind of were really kind of, you know, throwing darts a little bit because there would be no reason for them. They'd all be coming off layoffs, you know, and uh, long layoffs. And back before, you know, back before, this is way before the time, of course, when it doesn't seem to be a big deal sometimes for horses right, to be laid right, off five or six right. months, you know? Yeah. Well, I suppose that um, one benefit uh, I'm guessing that one benefit of the horses being turned out at the end of every season was probably some extension of some of these horses racing careers and I would guess that you probably had some familiar faces coming back every season right um and and, and that lets you build some familiarity with the horses too I would think well yeah certainly the trainers you know were 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 you know were pretty much the same every year and um um and yeah, and, and and certainly, yeah, certainly there were horses that you would see and that were fan favorites that you know, you know, would come back. And uh, you know, I mean, I could think of quite a few horses who were, you know, who, who were fan favorites and won a lot of stakes. So maybe they, some of your other people you've talked to, you know, Turbulator. Do you ever hear a horse named Turbulator? Yeah, t- t- yeah. Tell us about Turbulator. It's, uh, there's a statue of him at Emerald, I believe. Correct. That's right. Yes, there is. There is. Yeah, Turbulator. And so I would have been, when Turbulator was in his heyday, I would have been, uh, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old. And and he he was a uh, true come from the clouds horse. Um, and he, he was a, 
Uh, I think the legend had it that when he was um, uh, a two-year-old, I think, he he hurt his leg on a sprinkler or something like that. And he did not make the races until he was, I think, four or five years old. And um, he, he, I, I can't swear to that now. I, I, I want to say five. But I, I can't swear to that. But um, he and, you know, as I recall, there was some sort of, um, contraption and device called a turbulator that I, again, I might have this wrong, but I think there was some sort of device that uh, called a turbulator that somehow helped um, repair a problem with his with his leg. And he was owned by a guy, um, he was trained by Tom Crawford, and I can't remember the name of the owner, but he was a huge fan favorite because he was, you know, he was like, uh, you know, he was a you know, Silky Sullivan sort of horse. And so at, I, I think he had this one big year where he won every, when he, every stakes race beside at Long Acres. And it was a huge deal when he ran. And um, then, and he, and he was a, a, an excellent horse for two or three years. Uh, uh, and he, But his one really big year, I think, was 1970. That was the year. Yeah, he come from Playfair. And then he came to Long Acres. All these stakes. So he was going to run in the he was running the Long Acres Mile, and he was the he was uh, I think he was probably favored. I can't swear to it, but I'm sure they probably had a lot of sentimental money on him. I don't remember who the shippers were, but um, uh, Larry Pierce uh, was rider. He's an old trainer now. His his brother was Don Pierce, who was a pretty good rider in, in California, and Larry Pierce. Was riding him, and he was uh, he was uh, one of the top jockeys at Long Acres. And when they broke out of the gate, he lost his stirrups, and so he was basically riding him bareback for entire race, you know. And it was he was very hard to control, and he was last, and and I think he ended up running fifth, making a you know a big move. He lost by about first name, um, Silver Double was his name. Uh, son of no double, I believe, and so, um, so that is sort of a legend of of Long Acres. That Turbulator, you know, he was the he was the favorite. Everybody was emotional, the fan favorite, and he but he lost the stirrups coming out, and you know, it was a miracle that Pierce held on. Right, right. That was <laughs> he did. Um, yeah, and so, uh, so yeah, he you know he was a gelding, so he didn't breed and. You know, I mean, that's the thing. Back in back in those days, you know, Washington had a really, 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 um, you know, big uh, breeding industry. You know, there was, I remember back in the day in the 70s, you know, that Long Acres, I remember reading an article that horse breeding in Washington is the sixth biggest industry in the state. And, um, you know, and so, I mean, there was really a thriving, a thriving uh, breeding industry in Washington. And, of course, those days are all gone now, and it's and they're just you know their breeders just hanging on by their fingernails, and you know the recession you know ten eleven years ago really really hurt that. I mean, really, really, because it hurt it hurt horse racing everywhere, of course. And so, uh, but yeah, it was a thriving industry, and I mean, and, and you had you know, I mean, I I couldn't give you a percentage, but. <clears throat> I, I certainly think that the vast majority of horses riding at Long Acres were Washington breads, and they had 
number of Washington bread races, you know, just like, you know, New York, you have, uh, you know, quite a few bread races in California. You have a lot of Calvert races. It was the same thing here in Washington. And, um, you know, unfortunately, those days are, are no more. You know, Long Acres was a place where um, it just it just it just was like a gathering place, you know. I, I mean, it, it it really was. And uh, I had lots of friends who went out there, and you know, they ran five times a week back in those days, and Wednesday through Sunday. And uh, <clears throat> you know, it was just. Um, you know, it was just a, a lot, a lot of my boyhood, and when they, you know, when they tore it down, or when they, you know, sold the bond, it was just. I can remember actually the in the Seattle Bi Post Intelligence here, um, when the announcement was made, and it was, you know, there had been rumors that year. It was actually, you know, 1990, 92 was its last year, but there was an agreement to keep the track open for two years until Boeing wanted it. So, so, um, but the announcement was made in 1990 and there have been rumors about it and, you know, nobody wanted to believe it. And there was a prop, you know, there's just like much with Santa Anita, there was a controversy going on with the track at that time, you know, uh, you know, with horses breaking down, of course, back, you know, like in those days, you know, there's nothing like social media. Right. Just, right. Right. And just catch, just, catches fire because of social media now, but anybody who had anything to do with the track knew I was going off the racetrack and that, and that, you know, the Ohadis would not, um, they were not springing with the money that they needed to do about the surface. And so, um, so what happened was, was that, um, there have been rumors about Boeing and they flat, they flat out denied it, that they weren't selling. And, you know, it wasn't about the race, the surface, any of that stuff. And then the day after the meeting ended in 1990, you know, they made this announcement they were selling. And so it had been, it was as if they had, they had lied, basically, through their teeth about what was going on. And the very next day, they announced it. And I remember in the Seattle PI, there was a writer named Lenny Anderson, and he, you know, he, you know, the start of his article was, they put Long Acres down yesterday. <laughs> oh, wow. And, you know, wow. Or, yeah, I think I still have that article. Somewhere. Yeah, it was a it was pretty sad deal. Anger. Finally, I met with Ron Blake at his farm in Lexington, Kentucky, to talk about his Long Acres memories. So, Ron, you grew up in Long Acres. You grew up in Seattle and Seattle area, and you kind of... What's your feet at Long Acres, I guess? Is that fair to say? Uh, yes, uh, absolutely. I grew up in Renton, Washington, okay. which yeah. is where Long Acres was, yeah. uh, actually. And uh, I started working at the racetrack when I was 14. My, my father owned a couple of racehorses. Okay. Uh, he started claiming horses when I was about 10. Mm-hmm. And I uh, used to get on my bicycle and ride to the track in the morning, watch the horses train, and, oh, wow. and loved it. Yeah. And... Um, Started working for Mike Chambers when I was 14, who was our trainer. Okay. And uh, he's a good horseman, very mm-hmm. good horseman. And I learned a lot working for him and stayed working for him for a couple of years and then ended up working for Jim Penny, who was also oh, a very sure. good horseman. Just passed away recently, yes, I think, pa- right? Yeah. Passed away recently. Yeah. 
and uh, had some a couple good years working for him. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up going off, moving off later, yeah. uh, you know, to Southern California. And, okay. And uh, ended up out here in Kentucky. That so, was kind of a natural progression, right? Uh, for mm-hmm. some folks that started out at Long Acres, because I know like Joe Steiner, the jockey, mm-hmm. he ended up down in Southern California, right? Um, his family obviously was intimately involved with Long Acres and still is with Emerald, actually. Uh, but So that was kind of a natural progression, right? To go down to Southern yeah, Cal. And, absolutely. Uh, you know, it was, Southern California was the bigger race circuit. Yeah. And if you had aspirations of uh, doing bigger and grander things, you know, you wanted to go to where they were run for all the money. Yeah. And uh, that was it. Southern California, if you're a West Coast guy, they were running for the most money. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. But everyone who uh, I've talked to about Long Acres always talks about the family environment. There was a close-knit community, I think. And uh, I think almost because of its isolation... Not enforced isn't the right word, but but I guess did enforce more of a, a tight knit community. Everyone kind of looking out for each other. And no, that's that's absolutely true. In fact, my if you ask my father, uh, I would be running around the racetrack, and my mother would be concerned that I was running around the racetrack, and yeah. my dad would tell her, he "says That's the safest place he could be." He's a, those <laughs> yeah. people are uh, they're like family. Yeah, and he and he he knew mm-hmm. just as you said. That people would look out for each other, and I was a young kid, you know, yeah. and and yeah, people people were great. Yeah, it was it was a great time. It's a beautiful racetrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and it was a shame when that, it, when yeah. it did close. Um, I have a lot of good memories there, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, people talked about it as being a very welcoming environment for the fans as well. It was. Like, Joe Gottstein was a real racing fan, and he wanted, I think, to have a kind of really total fan experience right when people went there for the races yes it it was uh, it was great for for fans for people that worked there i I mean it was a it was just like i said it was a shame when it things went but it was a lot of good times Mm -hmm. before before it did yeah you know everyone that talks about the closing it it all caught them all by surprise i think right no one saw it coming uh but there were rumors, yeah. I guess. But. Yeah, I suppose so. But mm-hmm. nobody I knew. I mean, it was like you said. To it was a surprise to me. Uh, I'm sure there are people closer to it that maybe knew something was going on, but uh, nobody I knew. Yeah. So. So when you worked for like Jim Penny, what did you do for Jim? Were you his, his assistant? Or? No, I was. Uh, I was like 16, 17 years old. Okay. I groomed horses. I, I groomed a couple good horses for him. Uh, uh, that, that won some stake race, but it was my papa and, and uh, or excuse me, Big Daddy's Dream. Okay. And won yeah. stake race and, yeah. and when I groomed him and stuff. And uh, won a few races as a groom for him. But mm-hmm. I, was, I was, you know, like I said, I was like 16, 17 when I worked for him okay. on the racetrack. And were you going to school then during the day? Were you yes. stopping the track in the morning? And then, okay. and so, yeah. So yeah. The, I was going to say, I started out riding my bicycle down to the racetrack yeah. in the morning. Well, when I was 14, of course, I couldn't drive. Mm-hmm. So I would get on my bicycle and ride to the track at, and be there at 4 o'clock in the morning. Oh, my gosh. Uh, wow. And work during the summers. When I was 14, 15, I worked during the summer. But when I became 16, 17, junior and senior in high school, yeah. I would work before. I went to school in the morning. Oh my god! And my senior year, I took two less classes so I could stay a little longer and work. Okay. And so I would, I would, uh, of course, by the time I was senior, I had a driver's license. But but when I was younger, I would drive, ride my bike, 
down to the track and, and then ride it home. You know? <laughs> so where was the better education? Was it in Renton High or was it at Long Acre? Yeah, there's a lot of characters at the racetrack, yep. you know, and then, um, but there's a lot of good people, mm -hmm. a lot of good people, you know, so. Well, one of the things I think is interesting about Long Acres is the generations of families that ended up, you know, being, of course, the bases were mm -hmm. multiple branches of Bayes family sure. were all over the place, but <clears throat> the Steiners, obviously, right. um, you know, multiple generations there. Um, were you there like when horses like Turbulator and uh, Trooper 7? Uh, Troop, Trooper yeah. 7, absolutely. Turbulator, yeah. I don't remember so much. Okay. But, um, I remember Trooper 7 was as fast as horse as you could yeah. you know, remember him being going, you know, three quarters. And, and he won the Lankers Mile, I think, twice. Twice, yeah. Yeah, yeah. twice. twice so, in a row, I mean, yeah. he won a lot of races. <laughs> and we were, we were very proud of him. We thought maybe he could go on to other racetracks and take a, take on some bigger yeah bigger horse but he, he i think he had a better shot of beating him at Lankers than he did like elsewhere went, okay. went elsewhere to, to race okay. against him but um but you know uh i remember chinook pass when he won the mile right right um, you know uh theologist kind of that area uh more in the late 70s uh mid to late 70s when, okay. was when i was at the track working yeah and was okay. there every day you know yeah i think you mentioned chinook pass um it's interesting i think one of the people i spoke with about long acres told me that lafitte pinkai said that chinook pass was hands down the fastest horse he was ever on yeah that wouldn't surprise me he was he was a very fast horse yeah, yeah absolutely and were they able to stretch him out for the mile? Did they, or they? He, I believe he did win the mile. Yeah, uh, but that was about as far as he wanted to go. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, well, the mile is an interesting race too because I did some research into it. Um, Joe Gottstein's whole idea was it's you know we're not going to run a mile on a quarter race. Uh, there's a bunch of sprint races, but a mile is a real test because you can be a stretch out sprinter mm -hmm. or you can be a cutting back rooter. But either way, you're going to be pressed pretty hard every step of the way. Right? Oh, absolutely, um, yeah, and and in today's world, uh, a lot of people like breeding to the milers mm -hmm. because, um, you know, people don't like waiting on their horses anymore. When right, horses they buy, they want them to be able to run at two or three. Yeah, um, yeah, sure, they want to win the Derby. They dream mm -hmm. of that, but they also want want them to run. Right. Right. And a mile, if you got a miler that's a good miler, he's like you said, he he's one of those horses that you're you're probably gonna be able to run early. Um, he doesn't necessarily have to wait until they're riding races going a mile and a quarter, a mile and a half yep. or something. Yeah. And so he can get in there and, and those foals can run. Yeah. Um, there was another horse that Joe Steiner mentioned that he rode, um, that was trained by a guy who was a pilot for Northwestern. I wanna say it was Saratoga Treasure. Mm. Remember that one? He was apparently. I think he finished like third in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, but then he got injured, and so their Derby dreams were mm -hmm. lost. But it was just kind of interesting to me because the trainer, he was a Northwestern pilot, but so right. this was like a hobby for him, and sure. it was, you know, it's on time. And I think there were a lot of like the, the Trooper Seven owner. I forget what his name was. Uh, trainer, um, but he had a very small breeding operation down there in Gig Harbor, right? right. And so there were a lot. Of, I don't want to call them hobbyists because that's probably not fair, but people who um, it was a passion for them, I guess, is probably a sure. better way to, to put it, right? Sure. And, and this was their place. Yeah, there were a lot of people that were very passionate about what they were doing there, the yeah. trainers and the owners. They, they enjoyed it. Yeah. And uh, they enjoyed doing it together. Mm -hmm. So. 
So did you uh, make the journey over to like Yakima and Playfair when they had that interim period? Um, uh, I, I never, never did that. I did uh, go to Yakima only um, briefly, um, but Lonikers was still running when I went over there. Uh, uh, Jim, uh, P Penny Farms was yeah. in Yakima. Yeah, and, okay. And that's okay. actually how I ended up in Kentucky, which is a another story i suppose but oh, okay uh, all right um they asked me to run the farm at one time when i was 21 22 years old okay yeah after bob passed away his brother okay and okay. who was a veterinarian all right okay Lakers. and um anyways i came out here and i ended up staying so <laughs> yeah yeah and i think jim i want to say he won the mile five times or so does that sound right Gosh, um, I, I may not have the numbers exactly right but i think he won it a few times yeah, right i'm sure he did yeah and he just passed away very recently, right? Yes, he did. Okay. Sad. Very nice man. Yep. Quiet, but unassuming, very quiet. Uh, really a good person. Yeah. So in the it's relatively short season at Long Acres, right? And relatively, right? April yeah. to September or so. And I think that's pretty much what Emerald is doing now, too. Right. Um, how much activity was there at the track in the off season or did it kind of just was there a lull for a few months well uh, i think there was a lull for a few months yeah. i mean you know i think you get into the winter and it rains a lot it's hard yeah. to keep the surface the way you would want it and i think people moved on uh took their most of their horses other places where they needed to keep running you yeah know? yeah um whether it was uh some would go to bay meadows golden gate mm -hmm. uh some would go to portland meadows some would go to you okay. know, yeah, yeah. You know, play fair. Yeah. Where, yeah. you know, I would imagine though every spring you must have had horses or kind of horses for courses coming back to lay off. Absolutely. And, yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of horses would take a break and come back and and just run it. Okay. Um, I, I mentioned to you I was at Emerald for the most recent uh, <clears throat> mile, and uh, I fortunately did a little bit of research and realized that um, the splits that you were going to see at Emerald were faster than you were used to seeing anywhere else. So. And I know Long Acres was a very fast strip as well. So there was something in the soil that they're using for these for those facilities, right? That um, well, it, it can depend on how uh, how deep the track is as mm -hmm. well. You know where the base is now. What what they're mixing their soils with? Uh, obviously, all these things play factors. So um, I, I hadn't as followed closely Emerald now. Mm -hmm. You know, I, obviously because I've been out in Kentucky for so long, but. Um, you know, Lonikers, I remember it being a pretty, pretty fast surface. Yeah. Yeah. So, so were you there the day that Trooper 7 won his second mile? Because I've heard from people who were there that day that they said the largest crowd, I think, in Lonikers history. Yeah. yeah, no, I would have been there then. Yeah. And, uh, I, I can't really say I remember the crowd, um, but I'm sure I was in the middle of it. Yeah. But, they talked about the grandstand shaking when yeah. it was um, the stretch. Yeah. yeah. And, um. I, was it Gary Henson who was the, or Harry, Gary Henson, right? Yeah. That was the announcer. He had yeah. a great uh, call there when Trooper kind of came to the top of the lane and broke it open. He, he just said, they they won't catch him. He's, no. he's Trooper 7. No, yeah. Exactly. And, yeah. and at Longers, I mean, he was a special horse there. Yeah, yeah. Without a doubt. I'm sure he could have taken on a lot of... Uh, what people would have viewed as, as better horses, but on that surface, yeah, he was he was something special. Now you have uh, you shared with us some great memorabilia yeah. you have here too. Uh, so the last mile was obviously a big day. Yeah, uh, and we I assume you were there for that then. Uh, I 
I would not have been because I was out here. Oh, okay, here all right. In Kentucky. Right. But you yes. collected anyway. Yeah. Then. Yeah. yeah. Must have been a tough day. Uh, right. People were really shook by it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I know uh, I spoke to a lot of a lot of people that um, were very sad. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. As as I was. Yeah. Um, so, but nothing we could do. <laughs> Well, thankfully, uh, did you know Ron Crockett? Did you know Ron? I, I do not know him. Okay. I mean, I know of him. Yep. So he stepped in, though, into the void there and right. um, really, I think, uh, took it on his own to get all the environmental permits and everything that was required to sure. open a new facility. Um, were you? I, I think to this day, there's still some lingering hostility to the Alhada Al, Al family, right, for the way the whole... Well, sure, was. because... Uh, and none of us know all the facts that Hala had of, uh, do, but it, we've just felt like they didn't give an opportunity for the horse people, somebody in the horse business, to buy the, the property tanking. and keep it running. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that it was more sold out from under them. Yeah. And yeah. now whether that's true or not, uh, I can't say I know every detail of what went on. Yeah. Um, so it could be that we just have the wrong perception, but that is the perception. That's the feeling, yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of interesting that... Um, Boeing, you know, they sold it to Boeing. Right. But, and yet, to this day, a lot of the property is not even you by anybody. Right. That's, um, the, that's the sad. I think when, when you still, when you drive by and you look at it and you're like, uh, they've done nothing really with this. Yeah. Why could this not have stayed a racetrack? Right. right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I guess you, there's, a, a, there's a website Vince Broom was telling me called uh, Ruins of Long Acres. And you can walk the property and the, the old green retaining wall mm -hmm. is there and... Um, I think some other guideposts or markers, you know, so sure. clearly Boeing hasn't done anything with the property and yet it was just... Yeah, it, it, the, it really didn't make as, that much sense yeah. to us looking from the outside, yeah. you know, um, yeah. why they couldn't have at least leased it back or something until they really, really were going to do something. With yeah, it, yeah. You know? Yeah, because yeah, like, yeah, like I said, nothing, nothing has happened to it, so... Yeah. Um, what's your, what's your favorite memory of Long Acres? Oh gosh. Uh, probably when I was even, uh, younger before I actually, how old would I have been? I'm not sure. I was 78, 79. I would have been, uh, 15 or so. Mm -hmm. My, my father owned a couple of racehorses, I told you. Yeah. And, um, he owned a, a horse named Prince Ramses. Okay. That was one plater of the year one year he okay. was claiming horse of the yeah, year sure. he won yeah, yeah. six races one summer really wow and that, that horse uh just loved that horse yeah and yeah spent a lot of time in the winter circle when he ran yeah. <laughs> so it was a lot six of fun races one, you you wouldn't get some horses run six times in a year now right exactly I mean, uh that's pretty uh and, and i think that's a good point is uh, but, oh go ahead no what i was going to say is when he claimed him he was 10 years old okay oh, so wow. he wasn't a young horse yeah you know? and that's for, and I think he was player of the year when he was twelve, maybe. But I'd oh have to look gosh. it back up. It was eleven or twelve. Yeah, it wasn't the first year we had him. I know, and they would win a race, like say for twelve five climbing. Yeah, um, they'd run him back for sixteen, and he'd win, and then they'd drop him to ten thousand, just just to horrify everybody. Yeah, he'd yeah, win yeah. again. He'd win again. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Because well, he's twelve years old, right? right? Everybody's right. afraid to claim him. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's the claiming game in a nutshell. <laughs> and right? so, and, yeah, yeah, and, but he was he he could dance all the dances and he yeah. sound, and oh. that's why he was running at twelve. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, actually, that's interesting. The the whole thing about claiming sometimes scare them off, right? You drop yeah. them so low, everyone says, "Oh, there's, maybe there's something wrong." Or like I said, he's twelve years old, so it's about done. Yeah, yeah, this might be it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was for me. Uh, that was one of my highlights as far as I just love that horse. I yeah, thought, uh, it's one of the things that got me excited about being on the racetrack. Okay, was him and. Um, so I would say that was probably right up there with a lot of stuff I oh, did. Cool. As I said, it was very gratifying to have so many people reach out to talk about their Long Acres memories. These stories all remind me of one thing, though. It's up to all of us to make sure that there are no more memory shows. That all of us who love this great game act, as John Englehart once mentioned to me, as ambassadors for the game. Share your love of the sport with others, take them out to the track with you, show them around, teach them how to read past performances, tell them about some of your favorite angles, tell them about some of your favorite experiences. My experience is that with the right guidance from an experienced hand, it's hard not to fall in love with our sport. So, as Bill Belichick famously says, do your job. I don't want to do any more memory shows.